Hello and welcome to the podcast. Today we're going to be doing the first episode of the podcast. We're going to be going over what I call the draft awards. We're going to be going over the best drafts, the worst drafts. We're going to hoop my early predictions for offense, defensive rookie of the year. We're going to go with some late round steals that I thought have a great chance to start in their rookie season. And then maybe touch on some UDFAs at the end. Now, first off, we're going to go right into the best drafts. I'm going to start with my number three draft. I think this is the third best draft, and this might be a surprise to some people. I'm going with the Kansas City Chiefs had the third best draft in the NFL. They start out, their draft goes Nick Bolton in the second round from Mizzou. They're going Creed Humphrey also in the second round. Then they get themselves Josh Kando in the fourth, Noah Gray in the fifth, Cornell Powell in the fifth as well, and then Trey Smith in the sixth. Now, the Chiefs didn't even have a first-round pick, so if you include Orlando Brown as their first-round pick, which is what they traded their first-round pick for, then, I mean, this is an even better draft. This might be the my favorite in the whole entire NFL. I think Nick Bolton was a steal. Um, some people worried about his arm length getting off blocks, but the dude's a baller, made plays out there in Mizzou. I mean, I think Nick Bolton's a steal, especially late second. I thought he was maybe an early second guy. Slid in a late second with a guy like Jeremiah Uso-Cormo sliding also in the second. He ends up going late second. They needed a linebacker help out that defense, and that's great. Creed Humphrey, getting to him, he's probably a guy that will start day one for them. He's one of the smartest guys coming out of the draft, one of the best centers. Him and Lander Dickerson were great players. You can see Creed Humphrey caught a lot of his own protection stuff in Oklahoma. Very smart guy. Good in zone schemes, which will help there in Kansas City, and he's just going to be Patrick Mahomes' best friend coming. Probably be their center day one. I'd be surprised if not. Now, some of the other late-round picks, I thought Noah Gray was an all-right pick. Wasn't great, but I thought he, he has some value, especially he's going to be a number two behind Travis Kelsey. Cornell Powell, I loved. He's one of the most pro-ready guys. He's going to come. He's a great blocker. I've talked about him a lot in the past as a great blocker. And he's one of the most pro-ready guys. He's a smart guy. Comes from Clemson. He's going to get reps day one. And he's going to have an impact for the Kansas City Chiefs in his rookie year. You can, I would put money on that. And then in the sixth, they go and get themselves Trey Smith, who was a dropper because of, was it some blood clots, I believe, was some issue? I'm not going to get too into it. I'm not a doctor. I don't know all the specifics, but Trey Smith from Tennessee, great interior offensive lineman, ended up dropping because of medical concerns. But if the medical concerns check out and he can play, he was definitely top talent, and I could see him playing in year one or two and making a big impact for the Kansas City Chiefs. Now we're going to move on to the number two draft in my eyes, the team that had the second best draft. We're going to go with the New York Jets, who held the second overall pick. Another great draft. I thought they had one of the best drafts last year. Now they have, I think, one of the great ones this year again. They go ahead and get them Zach Wilson and Elijah Tucker in the first round. Elijah Moore in the second. Then they come out with a lot of guys with Michael Carter, Jamie and Sherwood, another Michael Carter, Jason Pinot, Hassan Nasirlin. I'm not the greatest with some of these names. Brandon Eccles and Jonathan Marshall rounding out their entire draft. Now, I thought they could have done better on... I wasn't a fan of many of their uh, fifth and sixth round picks. I like the Michael Carter pick out of Duke. I think he's a corner with some high upside. I'm not... I'm not too upset with that, but I thought they could have done. But their the beginning of the draft for them was incredible. I mean, they gave themselves Zach Wilson. I think he was the number two quarterback. I think that was the right pick right behind... Trevor Lawrence, he probably is the best arm talent in the in the whole class. He's kind of a project player, had one great year at BYU. Definitely some questions about talent level and competition that he was going up against. But other than that, he's he, his arm talent's incredible. He made some incredible off-platform throws. So get him into the Jets, and hopefully he makes an impact year one for them. 
Elijah Vera Tucker, the best guard in the draft, could play tackle if you needed him to, but he's probably going to be an all-pro guard in the NFL. I, I wasn't in love with everything they gave up. I thought they could have been better off just sitting back. Where were they around 25 or so because they traded with the Vikings? And at 25, they could have gotten... I, you might not have been able to get Elijah Vera Tucker there, but you still could have gotten another guy like even Leatherwood, who ended up going earlier. Get another tackle. There were a lot of tackles that fell. Plus, in the second round, I like the depth for interior line in the second round. You got guys like Landon Dickerson, Creed Humphrey. You got guys like White Davis went in the third. I like a lot of the, even Trey Smith if you want to take a late round flyer. I liked a lot of the interior guys later on. But Elijah Vera Tucker is a very good pick still, and that's why I have them as the second best draft. And Elijah Moore was one of my favorite picks. I thought he was a first rounder. Um, I think even even though he's small and some people consider him a slot receiver, I think he can definitely play outside. One of the best route runners, so explosive in the class. I guess the only d downside is his height, and I think he'll get over that. I think he was definitely a first-round pick, so to get him in the second and pair him with what they already have is great. And then I was a huge fan of the Michael Carter. I had Michael Carter as my fourth running back behind Najee Etienne and his teammate, Javante Williams, I had him as a fourth running back. To get him in the fourth round is a great, he's a really good receiving back. Smaller guy, but he has low center of gravity. He bounces off guys. He had a couple really big runs in the senior bowl, which I like to see. And the fact that he was able to have the impact he did with a guy like Javante Williams in front of him makes you know that he's a baller. Like I said, the, the late end was just solid. I did like the Michael Carter pick from Duke. Get the Michael Carter brothers, even though they're not even related together. But otherwise, that was my second favorite draft. I thought the Jets did a really solid job. Joe Douglas, as an Eagles fan, it's, C. it's hard to see him being so successful elsewhere. But this is two good drafts in a row for the Jets. And I think they're definitely on the right track to be a good team in the near future. Now my number one draft, the team who I think had the best draft in the NFL. I think it's, very I think it's pretty consensus. A lot of people have this as their number one draft. The Cleveland Browns, I think, had the best draft. They go ahead and get themselves Greg Newsome, Jeremiah Wusso-Koromoa, Anthony Schwartz from Auburn, James Hudson from Cincinnati, Tommy Togiai from Ohio State, Tony Fields from West Virginia, Richard LeCount from Georgia, and Eniolov with Demetric Felton from UCLA. I honestly... I don't think there's a single one of these picks I didn't like. The Richard LeCount's a bit interesting. He's not the most athletic guy, but he definitely has some instincts and had some good tape at Georgia. I love the Demetric Felton in the six. I think the guy's electric as a slot receiver. Everyone probably knows him from his senior bowl one-on-one when he, he was running back comes out and just torches every single DB in the one-on-ones at the senior bowl. His route running is insane for a running back. Tony Fields is a solid linebacker. I mean, it's a fifth-round pick. Tommy Togiai, I really liked in the fourth. He was rising up a lot of people's boards near the end of the draft from Ohio State. Had a couple of good games in the playoffs. He was one of the best players for Ohio State in the playoffs, and that's saying a lot for how good that team was. James Hudson's definitely a solid tackle that can play from Cincy. Anthony Schwartz, the track star from Auburn. I love taking a flyer, especially when you got a solid receiver room. Just take a chance on a gadget guy. And Anthony Schwartz, I believe he broke like the... 100 meter record for youth or something when he was in middle school or high school insane insane speed some people are saying he might be faster than Tyree Kill and might be the fastest player in the NFL I don't know about that but he's definitely a burner and it's gonna be fun to watch him Jeremiah Uso-Koromoa was definitely the steal of the draft getting him in late second round is just insane a lot of people I had him going in the top 20 in my mock drafts um it's funny supposedly the story that I've heard with JOK is that when he came for his medicals in India a couple weeks before the draft, there was he got flagged for some heart concerns, and 
so they ran him through some tests and teams didn't have the test results back and actually the Cleveland Browns I believe took him before they even had the test results back from that flagged heart issues and then it came out later that the flag was just a red flag it was actually a false it, it he doesn't have any heart issues I'm pretty sure is what it was it was a false flag and so they end up getting a steal if he doesn't have any health issues. I mean, because we're all assumed that that's why he dropped some health concerns. They didn't have the results back. But now the results are back, and that's a steal. He's a coverage linebacker, fly around. One of the best players in this draft. I had him as my number two linebacker behind Micah Parsons. So getting him in the second, late second, is a steal. And Greg, I love Greg Newsome. I mean, he was definitely the third corner behind, or fourth corner, sorry, behind probably Sertan, Horn, and maybe Farley. He was kind of Farley, if, depending on if you want to take a risk on the injuries. But Greg Newsome, I mean, he's long, he's fast. He's going to be really good in a zone scheme. I think that's going to be his best when he's got his eyes on the quarterback and he can read the guy in front of him and make his moves. That's when he's going to be the best. And he's going to go into a Brown situation that already has good corners with Denzel Ward and Greedy Williams and then Troy Hill in the slot. So he's not going to be forced to play right away. He can start in the slot. I think he can play in the slot his first year and then move outside as he progresses. Now is the part that everyone hates. We're going to have to transition into the worst drafts. Um, I'm actually going to spare you Packers fans. You made it. You were the third worst draft. I'm not going to go over, but Packers fans survived me talking about their draft. So let's get right into the worst drafts. How about it? We're going to go with number 31, so the second worst draft. I had for the NFL this year was the Los Angeles Rams. They, I'm not going to go over their entire draft. They had a lot of late round picks, but they got 2-2 Atwell from Louisville in the second, Ernest Jones from South Carolina in the third, Bobby Brown from Texas A&M in the fourth, and then Robert Rodell from Central Arkansas also in the fourth. And then a lot of late round guys. Most of, I'll be honest, I hadn't even heard of a lot of the guys. But realistically, just look at their draft. They got 2-2 Atwell. It was in the mid-second round. And I, I don't see what to... People are having concerns about Devontae Smith's weight at once. He weighed at 166, I believe, Devontae Smith at the medicals. Tutu will weigh in at 145 pounds, I believe, at the medicals. The dude is small. And he ran, I believe, a 4.5 or 4.6. I mean, he's not even fast. I get He has some playmaking ability, but just the guys they took him over... Like, some I'd rather take a Jalen Darden. I would have rather an Anthony Schwartz. There's a lot of guys I would have taken before Tutu Atwell. And I think they're going for that kind of like gadget player role. I would have taken Jalen Darden. He ended up going later to the to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I really liked him. I would have even I honestly I love Kate Johnson out of South Dakota State. He was an undrafted free agent. I would take him over Tutu Atwell. That's kind of how I feel about him. I think that was an awful pick. And then they just didn't do any better throughout the draft. I mean Especially with Tutu, he's kind of like build size of a Deshaun Jackson, and you literally have Deshaun Jackson, so I don't think he's going to play. I think the Rams, because if you're the Rams, you're in your Super Bowl window right now. You got Matthew Stafford. You got big contracts and Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey on the defense. You're not going to be able to keep this team, this core together for a while, so you need to make your moves now. And this was not a draft for anyone that's going to play. No one on this draft I don't think is going to play. Maybe a guy like Ernest Jones or Bobby Brown slides in there and maybe plays in their in their rookie year, but I don't think anyone plays, and that's what you needed. You needed to get some guys that plays, and the Rams didn't do that, so that's why they were the second worst draft. Now the worst draft, I think everyone's talking about that the the, uh, the Houston Texans have had a rough offseason. They had a rough season, then Deshaun Watson, all of that, then Deshaun Watson requested trade. Now all the allegations I don't even want to get into off the field. 
And then they have a weird free agency where they signed like 30 guys, but none of them are really that good, and they're all kind of like role players, kind of some weird signings. And then they have the worst draft. I don't know. Houston, I feel bad for all you Houston fans. It's rough because Davis Mills in the third. I really like Davis Mills, actually. I think he could be good. But you saw, even with Deshaun Watson, you got you ended up with the third overall pick. Now, you didn't even have that because you traded for Tunsil. But Davis Mills, even if he's a really good rookie and plays even like, even if he plays like Justin Herbert, you're picking two or three next year and you're probably getting another quarterback, even if he has a decent rookie. You're picking two or three, and then you're looking into a Sam Howell or Spencer Rattler in the next draft. So Davis Mills, I don't know the point in that pick. I think he's a good player, and I feel really bad for Davis Mills because he's going into an awful situation where I think he could have had some success somewhere. Next, they go with Nico Collins. They trade up for Nico Collins from Michigan. I mean, I get the upside. He was an opt-out. He's a big contact kind of receiver. He can make some catches. I just don't know why you trade up. You're the t- you already don't have a lot of picks, and then you trade up more picks to get Nico Collins. Really weird move. I did like the Brevin Jordan pick. I'll give that to them in the fifth. I thought that was a decent pick. Garrett Wallow from TCU. Eh, it's, it is what it is, and then they end up with Roy Lopez from Arizona, who I've never heard of before. But that's just not the draft you need, especially the Texans are in a are down bad right now. I get, the only thing they can hope for is they suck this year, and then they ship off Watson for a mother load of trade of trades and picks and everything. And that's what they can hope for, and then they go into a rebuild then because this draft did not help. Didn't help that they didn't have a first or second round pick either. But those are the best and the worst classes. Now we're going to go on to some of my favorite late round picks who I think are going to start sometime this season and make huge impacts. The first one is Cornell Powell. I already talked about him. I think he's one of the most pro-ready guys coming to Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes is going to love him. He's a smart guy. He's going to play day one, I think. And then Tay Gowan's another guy for the Arizona Cardinals. He's a true outside corner kind of build. Ended up going in, I don't actually have, I believe he went in the sixth or seventh round to the Arizona Cardinals. Arizona Cardinals don't really have anyone at corner. They have Byron Murphy. I believe they got Malcolm Butler. I think Tay Gowan has a chance to start on the outside in his rookie year. I think he opted out from UCF, only had one year there. Before, he transferred from, I believe, Miami, Ohio before that. Some other smaller school transferred to UCF, played one year, and then opted out. I think he's a high ups guy. I had him as like a fourth-round pick, third-round pick. I was really hoping the Eagles would pick him a lot, but he ends up slipping. I think he could start. Next one is Stone Forsyth. Um, tackle from Florida ended up getting drafted by the Seattle Seahawks. I think he definitely has a chance to start because Seattle Seahawks line is bad. I don't. I'm. I really don't know why Stone Forsythe fell that far. He's a huge dude. I think with how bad that Seattle line is, I think they got really good value. That C- the Seahawks did decent with their picks, only having I think they only had three picks in the draft, but they did all right with what they had. Uh, Stone Forsythe was a great pick. They also got Trey Brown, another great pick. Seahawks had a decent draft for only having three picks, but Stone Forsythe is a guy I could see playing in his rookie year at tackle for the Seahawks. Now, next up, we have two Broncos players that I have in here. I have Quinn Miners from Wisconsin Whitewater and Jamar Johnson from Indiana. We have safety and center slash guard for Quinn Miners. I think Quinn Miners is a He's a D3 guy from Wisconsin Whitewater. He comes in, has some crazy workout videos. Has a, they put him at the Senior Bowl, put him at center. He's never played center before, and he goes there, balls out, wins most of his one-on-one reps, and he has a great Senior Bowl. I think he ends up not playing in the Senior Bowl game because of some injury. 
But the dude's a stud. He had an even better senior bowl than some other D3 guys. Like, uh, who was the other D3 guy? The guard for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that is just blanking my mind right now. But we've had some other D3 guys. He was looked even better. I think he has a chance to play day one. The Broncos' interior isn't that great. And I think he definitely has a chance to jump in. And Jamar Johnson's a baller. The dude has an eye for the ball. He gets the ball every moment he can. He's going to have a rough time trying to get some playing time with me. Justin Simmons. And their other safety, who yet again is blinking my mind, the older guy, came over from the Texans. But I think he, he's gonna—he's a guy that I think is a baller. He's going to ball out in practice and find a way to make the field. He's a pick machine. And I had him I had him going in the second round in a lot of my mock drafts, and he fell all the way down to them late. So I think that was a steal by the Broncos, and he's going to make an impact day one, I think. for Maybe not day one, but year one for the Broncos. My last guy is Jalen Darden. Receiver from North Texas, I believe, went to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's a gadget guy. I think he ultimately takes over Scotty Miller's role and has some playing time as their kind of fourth receiver behind their main guys. I think he sees the field. He's an electric guy. And I th- I, I know Scotty Miller got one comp more just for his size and speed, but he's a lot more electric than Scotty Miller. And I think he takes over that role and becomes one of Tom Brady's best friends in that Tampa Bay offense. Now we're going to move on to my picks for Offensive and Defensive Rookie of the Year. Now, starting with Offensive Rookie of the Year, I have Trevor Lawrence. I think that's the obvious pick. I mean, everyone's going to have him. He's going to start day one for the Jaguars. He's one of the most pro-ready quarterbacks we've seen in a while. You've seen everyone loves him. He's definitely my pick. I'm going to go for my other pick just because Trevor Lawrence is kind of a boring pick. My runner-up, I would say, would be Jamar Chase. I think he already has that chemistry with Joe Burrow going into Cincinnati. He's going to hit the ground running from day one, and I think he's a guy that's going to have a huge season. Watching the PFF show, I know Mike Renner, one of my favorite guys in the draft world. Mike Renner says that he his bold prediction was that Jamar Chase breaks the rookie receiving record. I don't know if he goes that off, but he was. I think a lot of people forget about what he did with the opt-out year, but he had an insane year with Joe Burrow at LSU, and I think he comes in and keeps that. Especially Cincinnati has a lot of weapons in there, too, with T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. He's not going to be getting too much attention like he would on other teams that he could have gotten drafted to. He's got some other guys there, and I think he has a huge year, and he could, he's definitely going to be in the running for Offensive Rookie of the Year. Now, Defensive Rookie of the Year this is one of my bolder takes. I have Jalen Phillips... The defensive end from Miami who ended up going to Miami, I have him as my defensive player of the year, defensive rookie of the year. Sorry, I don't think he's going to be, de- I, that'd be, that'd be pretty cool if he was defensive player, but I have him for defensive rookie of the year. He's one of the most pro-ready DNs we saw. There's concussion issues was really the only reason I think he got drafted later where he did. Other than that, I think he's a stud. He has everything you want for in a DN, the bend, the power. He has an array of moves. He's already good with his counter moves. He's very advanced for pass rushing for the time that he's played, which wasn't too much in college. And so I think he is a, he's going to hit the ground running, and I think he gets defensive rookie of the year. I honestly think without his injury issues, he would have been a top 15 pick, maybe even top 10, but the injury issues cause him to slide. And if injuries don't hit in his rookie year, I think he's going to win defensive rookie of the year and probably get double-digit sacks and make some big plays. My secondary for defensive rookie of the year is Micah Parsons. He's going to come in and play day one. Micah Parsons is probably going to do that. Have near 100 tackles probably in his rookie year and have some insane stats like that. 100 tackles, you know, maybe three picks, two forced fumbles, maybe five sacks. I think he could really light it up with the stats, especially in a not that great NFC East division. So I could see him definitely as my runner-up for defensive rookie of the year. 
that's going to end it though for today's podcast. Went ahead and got into all the awards. Um, if you guys love the podcast, let me know. I'm going to go ahead and get into some UDFAs and some of my favorite classes and more deep into some of those in the next coming weeks. And then we're going to start looking into the future in the season and some prospects. I've been looking at some 2022 draft prospects. I know it's not a great time for me. I'm looking in 2022 draft, watching spring ball games already. It's not a great time, but hey, that's what we got to do around here. The grind doesn't stop even though it's the summer for football. We're starting this off, and I can't wait till the football season comes. We get to see all these players. Thank you guys so much for listening, and I will see you guys in my next podcast. Thank you guys so much.